Hi, and welcome to Fan Slash Fiction with Andrew Slash Zach. I am Andrew Gum. I'm Zach Dunsing. And this week, I mess up a video game family tree. And Jessica Chastain shares a calzone. This one, believe it or not, pretty shocking content. So, if you have children with you, I'm not even really playing around with this one. Don't, don't, don't let them listen to it. It would, and maybe, maybe you shouldn't either. <laughs> like, just know that going in, it's possibly not in your best interest to listen to this episode. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, how was your week? It was good. It was good. So a lot of the stuff that was super stressful last week has been resolved, or at least theoretically resolved. We got new Adobe licenses for my students. I just discovered um, Adobe Story, I think is what it's called, which is basically Mm -hmm. just a screenplay software. So I've been using Celtics. Do Do you still use Celtics? Yeah, I still use Celtics. Yeah, that was that's been my go-to basically since we were writing all that stuff together. Um, but all that same stuff when you have the Adobe Suite is just is there, and it's got really good compatibility, so you can take your script and put it into a shot list. Um, oh, you cool. can put it into schedules. If anybody else has Adobe, you can share and and edit through it, and it doesn't have that super annoying three project at a time limit that Celtics has. So brought to you by Adobe Creative Suite. Yeah, I am recording into Adobe Audition right now. So if you're listening, Adobe, you're not. So I don't need to finish that sentence. <laughs> by the way, you can use uh, you can make more than three projects on Celtics if you pay for it. I know. But who wants to do that? Brought to you by Celtics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how'd you do this week with your stories? Oh man, uh, I got into a whole new subgenre, and uh, I read three stories in the same one, which was fascinating. I kind of got another layer of the onion peeled back on the whole lovely fan fiction thing. You told me you had, uh, I believe, uh, this is a direct quote, a motherfucker of a story. Yes, that's it's- correct. A, a full-on motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so. I'm excited for that. Do you want to go? Do you want to go first or second? I hate always going second because I think I feel like that's easier. But I, I feel like it's kind of a showstopper. Like it's a, it's like it's what you want to end your set with. Oh, great! I feel like mine's a total warm up act. So this is uh, this is really working out. <laughs> Nobody ever volunteers to be the opening band. Oh, that's me for sure. Just okay. in general, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the guy who just kind of comes in. Makes everybody feel like they're ready to actually laugh later. That's uh, right. You're the fluffer. Yeah, exactly. I just make sure that everyone's auditory erections are rock hard. So, yeah, my subgenre that I explored this week is video game fanfic, um, specifically Overwatch, specifically Tracer and Widowmaker uh, friendship. Stories. So wait, I, they're not they're not the ones that are mother and daughter, are they? No, that is Anna. Mm-hmm. I think is the mother. Yeah. Of Widowmaker, they're yes, both snipers, so that would make sense. I actually don't know. I do play the game Overwatch, and it's super so fun. 
You play Overwatch? Oh, yeah, you told me. Wait. You buy Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you do play or you don't play? I do. I do. Oh. I used to. I don't anymore. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm terrible, but basically, okay, so for those of you who don't if know you're, what Overwatch is. If you're is, above the age of 14, you're terrible at it. Yeah, that is true, man. If whenever I hear, whenever I decide to go into voice channel, which is very rarely, it's all prepubescent boys saying the most horrible things and being so much better at the game than I am. It gives me full-on panic attacks. It gives me (laughs) full-on anxiety to be surrounded by that many, like, aggressively angry, mostly racist people. Yeah, so angry, saying the most messed up, like, homophobic, racist just derogatory awful things and they're younger than the kids i teach which is sobering as i sit there uh you know watching the kill cam of myself dying um so i don't know that's slightly more reassuring than if it were all adults doing that i mean those guys are on there too but they have the common sense to not speak (laughs) you can grow out of it hopefully i mean I guess half the country didn't grow out of it, but you can grow out of it. <laughs> Brought to you by America in 2018. So, uh, so yeah, so this, so this game, just for a little bit of context, is a very cartoonish first-person shooter. Um, and what's cool about it, and why I think it's been um, used so much for fan fiction, is that it uh, it has a bunch of really cool Pixar-style intro videos for the characters. So every few months they'll roll out with like a new patch for the game or something. They'll roll out a new video that really highlights a character, gives you a little bit of their backstory, how they relate to each other, and this overall story for a game that does not have a story mode at all. It's all just 6v6 fighting each other uh, for the game. Um, But because of that, then it leaves a lot of gaps where people can come in and write their own stories. And so this this week was also my introduction to alternative universe stuff, uh, or AU, which I did not know much about until this week. So the alternative universe that I came across uh, was a particularly strange one. So... Welcome on this little ride that I'm going to take you on that I got taken on uh, this week. So my first one was a fairly straightforward follow-up to a character named Widowmaker's intro video where she assassinates this uh, peaceful leader. Um, In this version, she gets arrested and is in prison, and, and she's the bad guy. And the good guy, Tracer, also a female character comes in and is speaking to her in prison and is talking about how uh, she used to she used to be in Overwatch and then she got taken over by the bad side Talon and was brainwashed and they have this moment where they're they're speaking in the interview room and she uh, there's this breakthrough that she has uh, for a second where the old her, comes out and says, you have to keep fighting for what you believe in, what we believe in. She's too strong. I can't, I can't break free, but um, I miss you, basically. And a single tear falls from her yellow eye down her blue skin. 
and it was a uh, it was kind of a cool friendship moment. So I decided to keep reading in that vein, and that's when I got introduced to alternative universe. And the alternative universe that it intro- was introduced is crazy. Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. What's different about AU versus like what all of what most of fan fiction is? So I like, think do you mean that does it change events that have already happened? Yes, exactly. So, so it's so it it's takes characters every back to the future movie. Yeah, yeah, sort of. So it's oh. like you if you're doing like a alternate universe Harry Potter, you're doing it where Voldemort won and now everyone is the resistance and they're in hiding and Harry Potter's dead and your main character is Luna Lovegood, who's the leader of the resistance. Like, that's alternative universe. Hang on. First of all, did you just spitball that off the top of your head or was You're that something God you God damn right I did. <laughs> Beautiful. Second of all, are we then in turn to assume that Harry Potter and the Sexy Hallows, that 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 takes place in the canonical universe? Yes, I think it's intended it. to be. So all the main events that are canon are assumed to be true. And also, what you didn't know at the same time is Harry Potter had sex with every breathing female Even in the universe. all of the ones that he got pregnant in that story? Yeah, which, uh, which definitely breaks, breaks canon. So yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a distinction. So when you make an alternative universe, and th- again, I may be wrong about some of the, the details in this, mm-hmm. but uh, the, the alternative universe thing, alternate universe thing is you kind of set up what's different. Like you get to explain what happens. So at the very beginning, there'd be an author's note that would explain it a little bit. Um, in this one, and this is reminded me a lot of the like Natalie Portman inception that we heard about last time, uh-huh. but this time with Blizzard characters. So Tracer, the the character, is a worker at an amusement park called Blizzard World. Isn't that Dairy Queen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is. It was a Dairy Queen. You're exactly okay, right. Thank you. Can we just call it Dairy Queen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know why they. We wanted to make it sound so fancy. But then she sees this pretty other actress who's playing one of the characters in Blizzard World, playing Nova from StarCraft, like the the ghost. Okay. Ghost I have another I have another question. Yeah. First of all, yes. Uh, wait, is she like the equivalent of um, who's the hologram in Halo? No, well, yeah, I mean the Cortana from Halo. Yes, yes. Um, sort of. She's a in that she's a strong female character, but Nova, she's like a. <laughs> it's, it's like the it's like the the same deal as Terminator Two, right? Sarah yeah, Connor. Yeah, yeah. It's like 2, I mean, deal. she's a lady and she is tough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all okay, the same well, thing. Well, that's that's not really what I meant, but yeah, no, um, she's she's not a she's she's a real non hologram. Okay, okay, then I'm not. I guess as familiar with StarCraft as I thought I was. I had to I had to look it up as well when I was uh But it is a Blizzard property, so that makes sense. So two, she's sorry. Go ahead. Two follow up questions. One, Tracer, is that the one with the rollerblades? That's Lucio. That's a uh, but she moves really fast. She's the one that like jumps around and, and she can like go back in time 
and stuff like that right. and heal Got it. by going back in time to where she was. I guess, yeah, she doesn't actually have rollerblades. I just imagine that she does. Um, so Blizzard World, is this a place where everyone from the Blizzard universe exists or is this a place where human beings come and dress up as characters from the Blizzard universe a la Disneyland? It's literally both of those things in this. That was the correct answer. Yeah, they are the actual characters from the game dressing up as other characters from other games so other people can come and see them and see their favorite characters from those what? games. Are there any civilians? Yeah, I think so. So there's but actually they might all just be other Blizzard characters that have come to visit Blizzard World when they were kids because Tracer talks about having gone when she was a kid and was so excited to start working there and that Nova was a character that she always had a crush on. That's like if you and I started a theme park called Fan Fiction with Zack Slash <laughs> World, and we both went dressed as one another. Yep, that's exactly what it's like. So she, she goes in, starts flirting with Nova, and then Nova says, uh, meet me in the locker room. And when Nova has changed out of her Nova costume, it's just Widowmaker underneath that costume, and they decide to like go on a date, and that's the end of the story. It was just a thing of if you just wanted those characters to go on a date, you didn't. Oh, oh, I didn't even tell you the best part. So that whole story is based on a picture that was drawn by a woman named uh, Robohero.tumblr.com. Okay. She does artwork based on it. So the whole Blizzard World alternate universe is hers. And this author just saw those pictures and wrote the story to accompany her images. This is what, yeah, this is like that, those aspects of this community that I don't think we, we fully understand all of the, like how, uh, how overlapped the web is, you know? Yeah. I'm getting more and more into that, like seeing, seeing how that works where, yeah, the there are these corners of the internet that all cross-pollinate. Tumblr yeah. is a big thing. I think that'll be one of my next uh, forays because I know very little or little about Tumblr as well. So My understanding is the same, that there's a lot of overlap with this fan fiction community, and there's, a, there's, also, a really, there's also a really robust community there that seems to be like, I think, it seems to be almost entirely separate from from the Twitter world, but in a like ideological sense, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that it's these people know each other and they talk and they share stories and they share these fandoms and they check in like every day on, you know, just new things posted in their favorite fandom, which I guess I'd always in nerd culture, you always know that there are, fan areas but this is mm -hmm. like a new level of intensity so yeah can i do mine now uh yeah yeah that'd be great <laughs> i'm gonna resist the urge to just read this thing from start to finish in its entirety <laughs> it was written by shakespeare hemingway so obviously it's an instant classic <laughs> it's called zero dark garfield Based on a true story. Shut up. 
I so it's exactly what it sounds like, right? I'll let you be the judge. Okay. Um, so the first line is it was a sunny day of shining glory when Maya was looking for Osama bin Laden. <laughs> wait, Maya wait. Oh my, I was thinking of Nermal, the cat in Garfield. <laughs> no, no, not Nermal. I believe, I'm assuming Maya, I really should look this up. I'm assuming Maya is Jessica Chastain's character in a sure. in Zero Dark Thirty. Proceed. I'm jumping the gun. But, Continue. Okay, but this is based on a true story, so I don't think this is actually the movie Zero Dark Thirty. This is the, this is the real events. Okay. Okay. So she's kind of depressed because she hasn't found him yet, and she goes to the CIA, and she talks to her boss- and her boss says, it has been many months. Why have you not found Osama bin Laden? I'm trying, but it's hard. He hides from justice like the moon hides from the sun. <laughs> That's a great line for the record. I mean, yeah, except the moon is so often in the same sky as the sun. But, you know, <laughs> I like true. the sentiment behind it. So basically she's getting chastised by her bosses and there's so there's like there's a handful of moments that kind of do that subtle but clearly misogynistic thing like this one's weird because it points out like what a top-notch CIA agent she is constantly but then it's like when she's talking to her bosses she'll be like it is no use i am useless <laughs> Said Maya as she cried herself to slumber tears. Oh, <laughs> I am a top-notch agent, fully useless slumber tears. <laughs> slumber tears asleep. So she goes to bed. She has a she has a dream where she's chasing Osama bin Laden, and then uh, she gets really close to him, and he splits into twenty Osama bin Ladens, and she's like surrounded by Osama bin Ladens, and then uh, basically in her dream a big orange macho creature comes in and spits fire out and and incinerates all the Osama bin Ladens. Mm. So that part was a dream. Okay. I'm really excited for what's not a dream. <laughs> she goes back to the CIA headquarters in, quote, Washington, D.C., USA. It's a good distinction. Mm-hmm. She has a meeting with her, her two uh, superior officers and... Okay, so I'm quoting here. Well, Miss Maya, what is your status? Have you found the fiend? Says one of her bosses. Yes, surely you must have succeeded after all this time. Only a total failure would have nothing, said her other boss. <laughs> Maya looked down at her feet and te tears fell from her eyes like drops of sadness from pools of regret. <laughs> oh, man. I am a failure, cried out Maya as she collapsed on her knees. If a top-notch CIA agent Maya cannot find Osama bin Laden, then all hope is truly lost, said her other boss. So that's that's like that's a mixed bag there because it's like on the one hand they're saying that like she's the only person that could find Osama bin Laden. If she's failed, we're lost. On the other hand, like the slightest bit of cri criticism turns her into just a broken shell. Right, and that's a that's something I've seen from male authors over and over mm -hmm. again is their female characters are just so spineless. <laughs> like yeah. the way that they're written, I don't know. It's And I haven't seen the reverse of that to be true from female authors about male characters being like, I don't know, doofuses or whatever. They, uh, well, I mean, as we probably, as we've assumed before, like most of these are probably coming from adolescence and 
I don't know. I just feel like generally speaking, girls, especially at that age, like just have a more circumspect grasp of things. I mean, you, they, they've had to grow up as women in the world. So they probably had to grow up a little bit more quickly and had their eyes open from an earlier right, age. Yeah. So yeah, that seems true. But Maya, not Maya. She's a, she's not very tough. She's easily the most spineless CIA agent that's at the top of her game. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, yeah. So she's she's like fully on the floor crying right now in her boss's office. And I'm <laughs> quoting here. Then in the hour of dire despair, when all hope was gone to death and dust, a figure of awesome power burst through the wall riding a custom Harley-Davidson motorcycle and wearing a cool poncho with lasagna insignia while Scorpions' Rock You Like a Hurricane played for all to hear. That is a powerful introduction. Garfield, (laughs) said both her bosses in unison. Has Garfield always been an even more top-notch CIA agent and is just coming in to save the day? Or is um, Garfield? We will taking- get to that momentarily. Great, 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 good, good, good. So just a just a just a quick recap here. Uh, the person who's been hunting the, Osama bin Laden for the past ten years, after mild criticism from both her bosses, collapses in tears on the floor to the tune of Scorpions' "Rock You Like a Hurricane." Garfield busts through the wall on a motorcycle in a poncho with lasagna printed on it. Let's not forget it is a custom harley davidson no less that's true so um maya's understandably confused garfield says i am here in country of america land of freedom yet i am hearing the whines of babies (laughs) he's referring to everyone in the room at this point so it's not just directed right at Maya. No. That's good. And it it just like it straight up sounds like the way the way McBain, the parody of Arnold Schwarzenegger, talks in The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so what what I'm waiting for is just why is Garfield interested in saving the day and capturing Osama bin Laden? What's his motivation? That's what I want to get to. Okay, well it's too early for you to be asking such ludicrous questions. Sorry, you're right. You're right. Go on. Um, so they are complaining about how they can't find Osama bin Laden, and Garfield walks up to a globe and just spins it ran- at random and sticks his foot on it and says, Osama bin Laden is right there. That is deeply impressive if it works. So I'm quoting Garfield now. Now that the prey is found, it is time for the hunting to begin. Garfield said as he loaded his Desert Eagle for justice dispensing. (laughs) Garfield, wait, you will need SEAL Team 6. This is my SEAL Team 6, said Garfield, showing off his six-pack abs. Oh, that is a good line. That is really, really good. And then the two bosses just agree with him. They're just like, okay, yeah. That is his SEAL Team 6. Will you need anything, Garfield? The entire treasury of the United States is at your disposal. I will need a bachelor pad villa and weekend's worth of lasagna and refreshments. Before I'm finding deviants for destruction, I'm going to have one hell of a party. (laughs) I mean, that's how you get, you got to get amped before you find, you know, a terrorist. (laughs) Yeah. 
Garfield only gets amped. Okay, so obviously Maya thinks this is crazy and is protesting it a lot. Um, this is against the rules, she says. One of her bosses says, Garfield does not live by our rules. He follows a higher code, which I guess implies that he is not a CIA agent. He's just a full-on, like, volunteer. Yeah, or like a vigilante. Let's at least give him vigilante status. I guess. She's really upset about it, but obviously noticed Garfield's abs. And she's driving home, but then decides that she's going to go figure out, like, what's what's up with this Garfield guy? Where'd he come from? Why is he now hunting Osama Bin Laden? So she goes to his apartment, or to his villa. The bachelor villa, which has already been set up. Uh, yeah, right. So he, he says, I need this bachelor villa with refreshments and lasagna. Two sentences later, he says, I got to go. I got to go to a party. That is remarkably speedy work for, you know, what I assume had to be going through a government contract. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no way that thing would have gotten done short of four months. Yeah. I mean, think of the red tape. I mean, you got to sign off on a bachelor villa. I mean, how do you, uh, I mean, who do you even invoice for that? Okay. So I, we got quite a bit to get through. So I'm just going to start quoting and explaining. So she goes to his villa. I'm going to quote a scene. This describes a scene at the villa. On arrival at Garfield's bachelor pad villa, she saw a sight of splendor. Cool music was playing as hot ladies and bikinis were all around sipping champagne and eating lasagna. All around were decorations of the highest cost, exotic erotic art, and And palm trees were around for mood making. In the courtyards, Maya saw Garfield. Garfield the animated cat. I don't know if I specified that yet, but... In the courtyard, Maya saw Garfield lounging poolside with hot, sexy ladies all around. Garfield was smoking a lasagna cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you get the idea. So she goes to confront him and talk to him about this. He somehow charms her. So basically, she goes to confront him and talk to him about what's going on. And she's like, I don't understand what you're all about, Garfield. What's going on? Why haven't you started your mission yet? And I'm quoting Garfield here. To deliver punishment of pain, one must experience pleasures of paradise. Are you an angel or a devil, Maya asked of Garfield? Both, Garfield responded as he puffed a lasagna cigarette. This is so good. This is so good. Basically, um, she's like, oh, I think I understand what this Garfield character is about. And she reveals that she doesn't know anything of the ways of of sex because she spent, and I quote, my entire life hunting Osama bin Laden. (laughs) From birth. (laughs) From birth, presumably. Oh. She had to have been pretty peeved when he just walked in and put his finger on a globe and was like, he's there. Why didn't they just call him sooner? Apparently everybody knew he could do that. Nobody was, like, surprised at all that he knew where Osama bin Laden was. And they were all just like, of course he's there. Why didn't anybody else try the globe move? Okay, so this is, this is, this is the quote-unquote erotic part of this. And I, normally I would just skip this all together because it's gross and weird. But there is some stuff in here that, like, just needs to be read. So I'm going to read it. Thank you. Your hair is red hot like lasagna. And your skin is milky smooth like mozzarella cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. That is committing to a bit. Garfield spanked her like 
like a blacksmith tempering metal with mighty blows of hammer, crafting it and leaving it red hot like molten metal. That is vivid. Yeah, that is intense. He began to lick her body and supple white breasts, which were like baked cheese calzones. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is the last one, and it's it's a little... uh, it's a spicy lasagna. It's a spicy lasagna. Time to launch the Patriot missiles, Garfield said, as he bombarded her body, penetrating her bunker with hellfire explosions. Like, these metaphors are all over the place. Yeah. First, first he's a blacksmith, then he's just a pizza chef, and mm-hmm. now he's, he's, he's drone warfare. Yeah, and... Penetrating her bunker with explosions does, I mean, I assume, I assume he's just like ejaculating, but I think he's doing it wrong. <laughs> well, he's cat ejaculating. Yeah, cat ejaculating. A, a cat like uh, You're supposed better. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's weird because some of these, like, some of these metaphors and puns are like, almost palatable you know like it almost works and then it's just like next line letter breaster calzones yeah yes like the hair is red like lasagna sauce skin is smooth and supple as mozzarella cheese that's good that's dope Mm -hmm. okay so this is we're just gonna get through the last part of this so after they have sex um I have taken you to heaven. Now I will send Osama bin Laden to hell, Garfield said with cool style as he loaded his desert eagle. Then he went to the heliport on or the helipad on top of his villa. The helicopter was black except for flaming lasagna logo with lightning bolt through it. <laughs> Garfield gave Maya a thumbs up as he took off. After some flying, Garfield arrived at Os- Os- Osama bin Laden's house. Party time, Garfield said. (laughs) (laughs) Knock, knock, Garfield said as he kicked open the door with a mighty foot. Terrorist scum was on the other side, but before he could react, Garfield grabbed his arm and twisted it like a pretzel, making the terrorist point his own gun at himself. Stop shooting yourself, Garfield (laughs) said, and shot the terrorist in the head. That is awesome. Keep going. If that's not in a real movie, stop shooting yourself, it needs to be. It better be. Garfield thought of a clever idea for stealth. He ripped off the terrorist's head and stuck it on the nozzle of his Desert Eagle for a silencer. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's calling using your head, Garfield said. Oh my gosh. This is brilliant. So he proceeds to go through Osama bin Laden's compound, shooting his Desert Eagle out of the mouth of this dead terrorist at other terrorists until he eventually takes the head and throws it at a bunch of other terrorists where it inexplicably blows up. And he says, don't blow your top. That is awesome. So he goes upstairs. He kicks in a door. Garfield, cried Osama bin Laden. I mean, they know each other. Obviously. Congratulations, you have won a vacation to hell and I'm your tour guide, Garfield said. (laughs) I do not think so, Garfield. You will be eating my rubber. 
Osama bin Laden said as he hopped on his moped for getaway. I mean, mopeds can be pretty fast, so... They definitively cannot be. <laughs> so he 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 drives his moped out the window. Garfield goes right after him on his custom Harley Davidson motorcycle, which you may remember from before. They start uh, going driving up this mountain in the desert. Garfield chased Osama bin Laden up a winding mountain path and stayed on him like tuna in a sandwich. Yeah, they. Uh, they're driving up the hill and they, they Garfield notices that they're like a tree is they're coming near a tree that's next to the road. Garfield says time to get to the root of this problem. And then he pulls out a quote gilded axe of steel and throws it at the tree, chopping it down, which causes Osama bin Laden to crash his moped and paralyzes him. And then Garfield says, my bark is worse than my bite. Like tree bark. It would also make more sense if he were a dog. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Odie should have come in and done that. Chopped down the tree. Where's Odie? Yeah. Where's Odie? Odie was probably getting his balls licked back at the villa. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing it by himself for so long. If you've got a bunch of lasagna toting babes around... Anyway, are the, were they like government prostitutes? I assume if they were just there for the party. And does that mean in this world there are government prostitutes? I'm assuming they came for the lasagna. I get it. So Osama bin Laden is paralyzed at this point. Garfield, you may have crushed my legs, but my evil will walk forever. Osama bin Laden spouted in vile nonsense. Yeah. It sounds like him. Fool. There are three certainties in life, death, taxes, and my fist. Now you will experience two of these, Garfield said with exploding righteousness as he stuck his fists into Osama bin Laden's abdomen, impaling him on his arm. Garfield then raised him fist into air with impaled Osama bin Laden raised to the sky, blood dripping down his knuckles like a river of red molten lasagna. As the impaled Osama bin Laden was raised... Two killer whales burst from the ocean, each biting him in half and tearing him to shreds, at which point Garfield says, enjoy your vacation to whales. Okay, so this is so much better than, like, the Garfield movie. I mean, that's not a high bar, but, like, this can and should be made into a full film, like a Garfield movie, uh, maybe just leaving out the weird cat sex. Or leave it in. I don't know. Maybe people would be into it. I mean, if you got the right director on it, I think that would work. <laughs> um, who's, who's the right director? No, no. Hang on. Hang on. I want to recap what just happened. <laughs> he walks over. He punches the celibate lot in the chest, lifts him up in the air, blood pours down him like hot molten lasagna then two whales killer whales in the middle of the desert jump out from nowhere i pictured they were by like an oasis in the desert that inexplicably has two killer whales stranded inside it and they are starving because they're in the desert that's how i pictured it and then he says enjoy your vacation to whales yeah well it is literally two whales so there's 
to Wales. <laughs> so then uh, the two bosses from before show up and they're like, Garfield, where is Osama bin Laden's body? We need it for authentication. And Garfield's like, you can look for it yourself, but be sure to use the right bait and hands them a fishing pole, obviously. And then um, he makes a bunch of gross innuendo. And then Catherine Bigelow shows up and he goes back to his villa with Catherine Bigelow and Jessica Chastain's character from Zero Dark Thirty, presumably to have a really gross threesome. Wait. The end. Question mark? Who's Catherine Bigelow? The director of Zero Dark Thirty. Oh my god. The the level of fourth wall breaking that we keep stumbling across in these fan fictions is staggering. It's like a whole new genre. Like we're discovering whole new genres of fiction here. I'm going to be perfectly honest. The uh, fourth wall break was not the biggest problem I had with that story. Yeah, well, I mean, it is for me, but we're different people. <laughs> to quote... To quote someone I heard recently, that is a mother of a story. It it really is. I I I don't even know where to start with that one, man. I, hang on, let me check and see when it was written. I mean, it has to be since Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, right. Of course, three thousand words, thirteen faves, twenty four reviews. Can't find a date. Well, when did Zero Dark Thirty come out? 2013 i think okay so fairly recently i was that's a ballpark but yeah i mean came out after avatar yeah 20 2009 but yeah okay 2012 yeah um yeah man that uh that is gonna be a tough one to beat in terms of like because we have we've both stumbled across things where you you've got a good idea for yeah. a crossover, a meetup, and then it just doesn't really go anywhere. And that one went everywhere. That's the type of one that I think I might want to reach out to the person who wrote it. Totally. Because I want because to know them and be their friend. That don't I wouldn't go that far. But Okay. I I didn't read all of it. <laughs> you didn't read all of it, and I don't I don't want to be friends with anybody who th- thinks that anybody's skin looks like mozzarella. Well, that's fair. Unless it's a Pizza the Hut scenario. That is Pizza the Hut. Is that Family Guy? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. That's right. Thank you. The original Family Guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like, I mean, that's, I don't, I don't want to be friends with this. I don't want to be friends with any of these people. I, it's, you and I are hanging on by a thread. <laughs> and it's not it's by no fault of yours. It's just I understand. Uh, I understand. You know, I is it worth it, friends? I don't know. I don't think so. But I know. This uh for those of you listening at home, this is the last gasp of Zach reaching out. This is the only way he will reach out to a person is if it's recorded for a podcast. Otherwise, he's slowly bricking himself into his own home. That's that's actually kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I can't talk to like human beings out in the world anymore. Well, I get it, man. Human beings are terrible so often. It's very upsetting. I love people. I talk to people all the time. I think of every stranger as a new friend, but I am proven, like my, my worldview is proven wrong so often in the news. It's rough. 
I can't like, and if I don't, if I if I don't have my wife with me when I go out, forget about it. I need a I need a buffer that's like, oh look, like I'm I'm married. I I'm like an, I'm a normal person. I promise. Look, <laughs> look, look. One person lives with me, and they're fine. <laughs> my my wife is like seven parts love of my life, and like three parts just human camouflage like just to make me blend in as a normal human being see mine so my wife's equal equal ratios seven parts love of my life and uh three parts even more social like outwardly social than i am which makes me retreat so times like this like literally she came in while we were recording this and then immediately went out just to go get dinner with a friend just so they can, the two of them just talk over a meal all night long, which means that I am going to stay in and just go to bed and write a remake of The Raven to make like a video about it. I'm like, uh, actually, I would love to collaborate with you on that. I'll send you a draft. I'm going to make a video uh, of a parody of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, um, but made for the English department of the school that I work for. So that's what I'm going to do alone. Sounds cool, Andrew. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm doing on a Friday night by myself. That's okay. If it's, a, if it's any consolation, all I'm doing is talking to you. <laughs> that's worse, Zach. That's worse. Um, good night, Andrew. Good night, Zach. Well, I was, you know, what I was thinking about is how, uh, you know, like supposedly every time you mention certain things, like it just gets picked up by the CIA and you get put on a registry or whatever. Right. We just got picked up so many times for lasagna sex. Oh, yeah. Like, so they're listening currently because we're we're on the phone to each other and we've said Osama bin Laden like 50 times. So they're (laughs) listening to us describing people having lasagna sex. (laughs) That is great. It's like... uh, it's like those guys in the wire. They're trying to figure out whatever the like sleazeball code is for every, like which one of the stash houses is out based on what they're talking to. Right, exactly. So Randall in the CIA is over there just writing everything down. It's like, just okay, well, they're definitely talking about bunker busting missiles, but also he said her breasts were like calzones. <laughs> so <laughs> that's got to mean something. <sighs> Sorry, Randall. Sorry, you Randall. Get a new job, boob. Hi, Andrew here. Uh, If you like what you're listening to, please go to fanfiction.show or anywhere that you get your podcasts to hear more of our stuff. Also, you can contact us at zandrew at fanfiction.show and our Twitter... Oh, geez. I'm just going to start again. Thanks again for listening. This is Andrew. Uh, If you'd like to see more of this... Oh, geez. Sorry, Zach. Hi there. Andrew here. Uh, Thanks again for listening to... Me. This is a lot. Sorry, Zach. But it's all one thing, so I'm just going to... So you're going to have to sift. All right. Thank you for listening. This is Andrew. If you'd like to hear more of this stuff, you can go to fanfiction.show or anywhere you get your podcasts should also have our stuff. You can contact us at zandrew at fanfiction.show and our Twitter and Instagram are both 
at Fan Fiction Show. If you'd like to read some of these things for yourself, you can go to Feel by Hoizame, spelled H-O-I-Z-A-M-E. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. Lena's First Day by Arendelle Citizen. And though I'm sure it needs no reintroduction, Zero Dark Garfield by Shakespeare Hemingway. Also, I need to correct an assertion I made. It's actually Farah and Anna who are related in Overwatch. Uh, that is for the nobody that cares about that. I am deeply sorry. Thank you again for listening.